Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Grow a Fanbase podcast. You are listening to today's guest. The song is You Can Take It by Unchained, a band of six friends based out of Illinois who are on their way up. Man, these guys can really rock. I love their sound, their energy. They've opened for bands like Lit and Everclear. And today's episode dives into how they get started, the challenges along the way, the hard work that goes into it, and, of course, we talk about their goals and ambitions moving forward. Hang in there because some of the audio does go in and out due to Wi-Fi connection, but I promise you it gets much better. And the story is certainly worth it. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy my conversation with Unchained. I've got five out of the six guys here with me today. Uh, one of them couldn't make it; he had to work, which is phenomenal that you got. And one of them's delivering packages right now for UPS, also while on the podcast. So. Um, extremely thankful for you guys giving me some time so i want to know um we're going to kind of look at the past present and future and really want to dive in on how you guys even became a band what's the story all right so we start off in the summer of 2015 where um i mean we were we were all kind of friends um at the time uh, it was most of our senior years of sophomore year so we're all just we're all doing music in school band drumline uh, uh the musicals uh, magicals we're all doing that none of us are getting that physically so matthew uh he's his dad like urges him to start a band because like it's been something i i've been kind of seeing myself in for like my whole life, because I grew up playing this game called Guitar Hero, and I thought oh. it was so awesome, like being like one of those characters on stage and playing like epic guitar solos. And I, I, that's what I wanted to do actually before I was a drummer. I wanted to be a guitar player, but I, I did not like pressing my fingers against the guitar and hurting my fingers. These guys can do it, but I'm glad I don't have to do that because I'm drumming is way more fun anyway. It is. So yeah. I'll pan over here if you can see that. So I played oh, for sweet. 20 plus years. And yes, drumming is by far, sorry guys, drumming is by far the best one. It Absolutely. I, I'm originally a drummer. I've been drumming since I was two years old. But then I switched over to bass because I gave it to him. But yeah, Lucas, our other singer, he was also. He played drums his whole life. His dad was actually our drumline instructor. And so me, Lucas, Logan, and Matthew all in drumline together. So you're basically a band full of drummers that then had to go learn other instruments. <laughs> work. Pretty much. Okay. I like that. Um, all right. So, and how long ago was this? So you guys are all in your 20s, right? Yeah. We're all from 21 to 23. Oh, my gosh. Okay. I'm 39. Thanks for that. It's fine. All but, right, so uh, 2023. We'll and get there one day. Are so, any um, of you still in school? I'm in college right now still. Okay. So how do you manage that? How do you manage playing in a band? Because you guys gig out, right? I mean, you tour, you gig out. How do you do that? Carefully. With Carefully? a lot of planning. How are your grades? Let's just go there. Let's uh, do that. My lowest grade right now is an 88%. Okay. All right. Yeah. What's your highest? 
uh, 109%. <laughs> Out of a, Extra oh, credit, baby. Right. Sorry, my microphone was falling off the table, so now we're good. Um, okay, so so how did it go? I mean, you guys just, somebody had the idea, like, let's start a band. Like, you, let's call four drummers that we know. We need four drummers to start a band, right? Um, <laughs> but I think, so talk to me about the first gig, right? So I think the first gig was like a block party, correct? Yeah, yeah the first was... gig was this party at my house. Uh my dad was like, all right, I'll throw this big party out if it'll get you to like play. Cause I wanted to, we wanted to start a band, but we didn't have, we, I had no idea where we could play or, and so my dad invited like so many people, like a hundred people. And it was, it was awesome. We, uh, it was me, Ty, this guy named James Bruner and this guy named Jacob Havenstreit. Jacob was another guy from our school. But James was somebody from a different school that Ty knew. And and so after uh, that first gig was just us, uh, us four. And, and it was good. It was like a big practice kind of because it was our first gig and we, we were really green. We didn't know what we were doing yet. But and they and they had us play. They had us uh, do an encore. They were all yelling encore at the end. We were like, "Oh, sweet!" But we didn't learn any other songs, so we yeah, we, we played some thrown together version of "Smells Like Teen Spirit," and that was that was really funny. We we have not tried that song since then. No. Okay. <laughs> you you play the block party, and what was the feeling after playing that show? I mean, was it immediately like, okay, this is what we're gonna go do, or was oh, yeah. it? yeah okay it was it was a lot of fun we we definitely wanted to wanted more of that now was it enough like this is what we're gonna do for a living or was it still kind of like okay let's just keep going down this path and see what happens um i don't think it was as serious in the beginning like we were just having a lot of fun we didn't we didn't know we could do it very seriously yet we were just um more having fun in high school and uh, we, I, I mean, I don't know about the rest of the guys, but I had no idea what I was going to do after high school. I was like, maybe I'll get a business degree and then figure it out. But yeah, the band ended up being my thing, like throughout college, like in, yeah. and once I got, once I started going to college, I was, I was like, uh, yeah, I don't like this. And that's so why I started being the band or full-time, full-time band. So, and I think it's, it's quite unusual, um, because so the gentleman that you were just hearing is Matthew, the drummer, and his father and I were the one that kind of first connected a little bit. Um, and you have a very unique situation because I think you've got somebody who is certainly in all six of you guys' corner saying, you guys can go do this, right? Oh, like, yeah. you guys can make this happen. I mean, he's your biggest fan. Um, yeah, absolutely. You know, And, and that certainly point, helps us out, gives us confidence. Too- yeah, I mean, and to the point to where he's invested in you guys, right? So, I mean, he's basically said, like, hey, like, I'm putting this on the line for you guys to go make this happen. Um, and I'm going to kind of somewhat put you guys on the spot a little bit. Hopefully you're comfortable uh, answering this question. How does that, does that motivate? Does that scare um, you guys? Or, I mean, how does that make each of you feel when you know you got somebody that's that big of a like you guys can go do this yeah it's it's both it's definitely it's like it's like scaring you into being motivated because it's like whoa i wanted to do this my whole life and dreamt of it and now 
it's actually happening. The starts of it are happening right now. And, and there's people who actually believe in, in us. And when you're yeah. so wrapped up in the idea, you get, you get in your head a little bit and you're like, man, are we really that good? Are we good compared to like on a national level? But then you have guys like Dave and guys like John who been around the block a lot and heard a lot of games. And they actually believe in us. And that is like, that's a big thing. And the people who actually know what they're talking about know what they're doing saying you guys have something good and special stay together and and you know what happened for you guys that's like that's a really big for me at least and yeah. just just being able to have people in our corner like that to encourage us is huge what about you the other guys it really means a lot to me that my my dad like is so behind this because i mean most parents would be like you're getting a job and you're yeah. making money and it's like you know it really means a lot that my my dad is and both my parents really are are so supportive of this uh career path of mine and i don't know maybe if it doesn't work out i'll be like a i'll work at like taco bell or something but <laughs> <laughs> well i hope it works out for you uh, yeah <laughs> i'd hate to see you at taco bell because you guys are super I, talented yeah um, I like it, but not that much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So since that, so since the block party, then you said, okay, let's let's give this a shot, right? So, and I don't think not all of you were members of the band at that point, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How yeah. has it morphed since that day um, from from playing the the Halloween party? So a couple of shows after we we it was hard to get shows back then, but some point we decided to have cooper which cooper's brother was friends with uh, jacob and matthew our old guitarist and matthew and i always wanted the band to have two guitars and uh so we we auditioned another guy and then as soon as cooper plugged in and strummed his first chord i was like he's the guy he's the he's guy 100 and and um cooper cooper had some improving to do but it happened so fast because as soon as he joined the band, it was like he was going like this. It was awesome. Oh, yeah. And then, um, so a little while after we added Coop, we, I wanted also to have a band, so two guitars, two singers. So we added Dave, and our other singer, James, was going off to college in Kansas. So we wanted to continue, and then have James come back, but then that didn't end up happening. So then it was just Dave and Cooper and Matthew. And then I was still in uh, guitar shaking, but I was still set on being uh, two singers. So me and Lucas, we were making music together, just like on garage band, like singing and stuff like that. And so I decided, and him and Dave stood next to each other in musicals in high school and sang together. So I knew the chemistry would be there. So we added Lucas and then our guitarist Jacob left the band. And I knew Logan from playing in jazz band and stuff. Because I put me and Matthew played drums and jazz band and Logan was a guitar so I knew Logan and I was like, once we had that, those six guys together, once it all came together, we played a show like not like maybe a month later. And it, you could feel a, a noticeable difference in the sound. Yeah. It was like, that was like the birth of the real chain sound was after we yeah, had Logan and the six Before guys that, we used to be like a metal band or hard rock band. And then we started doing like more funky, normal rock stuff. <laughs> Yeah, more and funk and and then the reggae stuff started coming in. Like 
It yeah. was all it all started taking shape like at the same time. That was the beginning of 2020. Okay, so the beginning of 2020. So let's let's talk about that a little bit. So what are some of the uh influences of the sound i mean I, I like you said i hear some ska i hear some punk i hear some reggae in there uh what are what are the bands that you guys look up to um so we uh we like a lot of like 90s music which that's like a lot of the stuff we take from 90s rock we love 311 incubus raging against the machine those guys but also we all have our own individual little quirks musically where we all kind of like and we all bring that in and then also adding in it sounds like something totally new even though we're you know we're experimenting with sounds that have already been made like for example a band like fishbone they have included ska and funk and reggae into their music and we have been doing the same thing but we come from also like listening to soundcloud rap and like more modern stuff like Tyler the Creator and stuff like that. So we're adding these other influences in, and I think it makes a really cool new mixture. Yeah, no, it's it's honestly so it does remind me a lot of Three Eleven uh, when I first like listened to it. Um, it maybe even has like some of it, like a little like Red Hot Chili Peppers mixed in there here and Absolutely. there. Um, yeah, I mean the the one honestly, guys, the one that I've like really gravitated towards is you can take it and i mean i love uh and in fact like i will probably use it uh, i love that he just <laughs> what, uh, the album what was that album blood sugar sex magic yes um but i love like the um the way that you can take it starts right like and it just kind of has that like just that separation and the and you can feel like okay something's coming and then you guys kind of all go like, and then it comes all in and then it gets like a little like kind of softer and mellow and then it kicks back up. Um, and I think probably, well, the music video is phenomenal. I love that it's filmed, you know, in like a bar and you can get, like see all you guys and the energy and everything. And that's probably what, because that was my first way that I saw and heard that song. So that was probably helpful. Um, all right. So Bart, back, back on the rails. Uh, so you guys are growing, you feel the chemistry, right? And then, so what, what was it like? I know you said at the beginning, it was kind of hard to book gigs, but then what was sort of the, the turning point for you guys, um, in those early days of like, how were shows coming? How were you able to get gigs and continue to grow and get the name out there? We started doing like a lot of like open mics. And then that led to like bars asking us, like our first open mic was um, at the Curvin. And that was like one of my first ever shows. And I was like a 16 year old playing at this bar. So it was like crazy. And then that um, led, so we did open mics and then that gradually grew, but then COVID hit. And so that kind of stunted our growth a little bit, but we still kept doing going. We started writing more and then it just took off from there and we got our name out around here. Yeah, and the open mics were a huge thing for us, like, in the beginning, because it was like, we'd go to these bars, play an open mic, and all of our friends would show up, and they'd be like, whoa, these kids are actually bringing in people, even though they were 18, 16-year-old kids like us. But it was like, whoa, these guys will actually bring in a fan base. So then they were like, well, come and, come and play a Thursday show for three hours. And these were all, we were made, primarily playing players at this point. So covers, 
cover gigs. You're bringing in our friends, and then we're coming, and the bars just they started booking us, and it never stopped. Like it's still to this day, we're playing these same bars that we started off playing at. And but now, you know, we have we have way more original songs. Yeah. We have a we have this fan base in in Atlanta, to where we're if we're playing anywhere, we're gonna have a guaranteed amount of people showing up. And that building just happened because repetition of all, all these bars playing open mic nights like and just putting yourself out there and people notice you when you put yourself out there yep i think a lot of people don't understand what goes into playing in a band even i mean i played in a cover band for all through college a little bit after college the amount of practice a right the amount of money that it takes to put into gear b and then if you think about it, the demand on a cover band, we used to go on at 10 p.m. and we'd have to play until 2 a.m. So you got to play four hours of music. That's a lot of songs, right? So I used to tell people, you've got about 12 to 14 songs a set, depending on, like, you know, if you've got, like, good, like, guitar player that can jam out. We had a sax and stuff like that. So we would, we would you know, expand songs and jam. But you still got a dozen songs. So you got to know 48 songs. Right. And yeah, then that's exactly how it is for us too. Yeah. And then you got then it's two AM, it's closing, then you got to tear it all down. Right? And you gotta pack it all up, you gotta go home, and then you're so like amped up and wired from playing and you're stimulated, right? I would not personally fall asleep until like four or five in the morning, right? And then not to mention we didn't even cover what it takes like you go to the bar in the afternoon, you set up, you sound check, you do all that. So, I mean, it's really like, I mean, it's almost 12 to 14 hours, right, of time to play that show. And then you hope that somebody goes, man, I like those guys. Like, I want to go see them again. Or if they, if you've got some originals, like, cool, and this was, I'm going to date myself, but back when, like, people would actually buy a CD, you know, from your merch table. But, like, oh, cool, I'm going to download their music or I'm going to stream their music. It's a ton of work. And I mean, I applaud you guys for, I mean, what'd you say, Cooper? You were 16 when you first started in the band. Yep. Yep. And for a 16 year old to have that type of drive and that, you know, motivation and determination to like stick with it, get better. And, you know, I mean, you guys have opened up, I'm a name drop for you. You guys have opened up for Everclear, right. And lit and some other bands. And so we'll fast forward a little bit of the story to say, I feel like, you guys are on the scene. You've made it. You've recorded one album, right? You got an album. We had we did an EP first. That was like that song. You can take it. Psychedelic picnic. Yep. And then that, now we have another album that we recorded. It's just yeah, it's called Waterfront. That's eight songs. We've been playing those songs out live for a while now. So, but yeah, we've so been doing mostly originals. Spring. Yep. So spring of 24. Okay, so tell me about, I mean, you guys went to Nashville and recorded. Talk to yep. me about that experience. How was that? That was awesome. Yeah? It was um, it was crazy because we had our um, original producer, Cameron, uh, rest in peace, but um, we originally were going to record with him, but then he passed away suddenly. And then so we went to Nashville to re uh, record the album. And so with Cameron, we were expecting, like, because Cameron um, – He's very particular. He has like you need to play exactly perfect, exactly on the beat, exactly everything. And so when we were going to record Nashville, we were expecting it to be super hardcore, super, you know, 
particular Richie. about every little thing. And we got there, and Mike, um, producer there, he super laid back. And we actually recorded, it's called live tracking, and that's when we all play all the instruments and then um, scratch vocals. Um, we all we, t- uh, we recorded all eight songs in one day, and that was mind-blowing for us. Yeesh. And then we, you know, added on, of course, like guitar solos we did like yeah. another day, and then vocals and vocal layering and that stuff other days. But yeah, it was a great experience. So I've done it. I've done it both ways. I've done it to where you do drums, you do bass, you know, all your rhythm and stuff individually. And then I've done it where you all do it together. I will say doing it individually is incredibly hard, right? Like incredibly hard. So, I mean, but still doing it, doing it all together is incredibly hard too. Did you guys, um, did you like use click tracks and all that or just went for it? Yep. Uh, we practiced we click. click. Yep. We were practicing before we went, we were practicing so much. And it was like, we would go home and practice, just had to click in our ears constantly. Like, and I was, I was really nervous. And I think that like Cooper said, uh, our producer Cameron, he, he was getting us ready. So we could do that. Yeah. So we could knock out eight tracks in one day. And, and instead like our, our album, the four songs on Psychedelic Picnic took forever. Because it was like, we're doing the drums first. Then we yep. got to have the bass. And the bass is going to take a few days. We're going to do one song for every day because it's got to be perfect. And that that uh, work ethic really bled into this. And it was just like, whoa, this is so easy. How did we know how to do this? Because up until we walked in the door and started playing, I was like, this is going to take all week. We're going to, we might not even get it all done. I was like, oh, let's at least get three songs done. And we did it all in one day. And yeah. The album, by the end of the week, we were like, "There's really nothing else we can do. We got them all, got all the tracks down." So yeah, it was. It took a lot of hard work, but we really stepped up to the plate and 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 just drove. Like it was, it couldn't have been more perfect. You mentioned something there that I think a lot of people don't realize, right? I mean, we did say it's a lot of it's a lot of time, but it takes a lot of work too, right? So, had you guys have not like. Cause I, I, I've never played to a click other than a few times and it's completely different. I mean, it, it messes with you mentally to hear it in your ear and you're like, Oh man. Okay. Especially as a drummer, you're like, okay, did am I off? Like, I feel like I'm off. And then you start playing this mental mind game with yourself. Um, but you guys put in the work ahead of time. Right. And I think that so many people don't understand with anything that you want to do, you want to grow, do something uh, very well. It takes a lot of a lot of work, right? So, and I know we've all texted in our group texts um, about my first guest, you know, Jacques Slade, and I've had the the privilege of of watching him do one of his unboxings uh, at a studio, and the guy, you know, goes on there, films it all in one take, does a 10, 15 minute unboxing, talks about. I think they're a pair of off white Air Jordan ones takes him out of the box, does his thing, right? And I'm literally sitting off to the side, and I'm sure my jaw's on the floor, and I'm like, how in the world did you just do that and not fumble a word, not even, you know, not, I mean, just, just what I just did right there, not even that, just did it. And I asked him, I was like, man, how do you do that? And he goes, dude, it's all I do. I do it every day, all day. I do it when I wake up, I do it in my sleep, I practice, I rehearse. I put in the work, right? And I think a lot of people don't understand 
that that's what it takes, right? Like you guys aren't, I mean, yes, you guys are talented, but it also took work, right? And, you know, you, it sounds like you've done it. So you record the album or the EP and you've got that. Now, what does the band look like from terms of like, do you guys split up responsibilities? I mean, you know, you've got social media, you've got the book gigs. I mean, are you guys doing all that yourselves? Do people help you? What does that look like? Well, we do do it ourselves. I know Dave is big on the social media. He's the main one that's holding that down. And we, you know, we all have our inputs. Dave, Dave is the main one who's doing it all. And, but, it's, you know, it's, we... Uh, it's terrible. Hey, it let, me, let me it's, throw in. It's, uh, there's, a fine, there's, a, there's a fine line in trends and in staying original and finding content that your fans like. And then that yourselves as a band likes yourselves that you like making videos so it's hard also for six guys to make and get together to do videos let alone get practice going sometimes so we got to find time to separate you know strategizing when can we practice when can we make videos when can we do because you have to do that as a band you just have to you know if you if you look up a band and you want to watch a band play you look up their videos you know, you look at their videos when they're playing online and if their videos don't do justice, then you're like, am I going to go watch this band? So a good thing to that point is there's yeah. a band that we played with uh, last week and their social media presence didn't show them, you know, completely near as good as what they were in person. And we were talking about it. And then I kind of thought about how ours in a way isn't the same, but we still have so much growth having a better presence more better quality just that professional video and just really looking like man that's a professional band they got a videographer it looks like they really got their stuff going so it's a challenge and it takes a whole village to do it so but yeah yeah and it's tough dave is literally the guy that's also delivering packages right now in <laughs> questions and running their social media so <laughs> Hats yeah, off. In the hard part about, oh, sorry, but uh, the hard part about social media is, is with a band specifically, is that we don't want to get on there, get on the popular sign and do a little dance and and get a bunch of views. Like we don't want to do that. We want it to be based around the music. So right now, what I think yep. our big thing is with social media is trying to find a way that. We can get people to want to look at us, but at the same time, we're showing off of our talent, our ability, our, our musicality. Like, we want to be able to show that off. We don't want it to just be, oh, these guys are hopping on the latest trends. We want, yep. to, kind of, we want to be a trendsetter, set our own trends, and, and, and at the same time, promote music. I think, no, I mean, and I respect that because you want people to follow you because of your, your musical abilities, right. And your entertainment factor, not entertainment in a way of like, Oh, we're going to do the latest, whatever TikTok dance is out there. But the entertainment of like, man, these guys are phenomenal performers, right? They're inter they, they entertain me. I'm going to watch stuff on their social. Like I would go see you guys based on what I've seen and the music videos I've watched. I'll be like, yeah, if you guys came through North Carolina, I'll be there. Right. Um, and that's what it takes, right? Of like showing that side of it 
I think a lot of people, I mean, do you guys ever do like behind the scenes type of stuff? I think people, I feel as if people are like kind of gravitate towards behind the scenes type of things. Yeah, we try, we try and get some van content, some stuff when we're just in the van or like if we're show, just Dave will pull out the phone and record us just doing something silly, just stuff like that. Yeah. But I would like to do something that's like professionally shot, like behind the scenes of a recording or show a couple shows yeah. or something, like, just so we can really show our fans like how much actually goes into it. Because what they see, they see the song from, they listen to it, they hear it, but they don't see what they don't see hours of practicing to the clip. Or when we play a show, they see us go out there and rock out, but they don't see us in Nathan's garage, like really wood shedding and figuring out. Yep. What's uh, what's been the biggest challenge that you guys did not expect was going to be a big challenge? I think uh, one of the biggest Social challenges media. is just having six people's opinions and like trying to like get everybody to be on one page and like not like hurt anybody's feelings or upset anybody. Like that's like the hardest thing to do because six people there's bound to be like at least a couple different viewpoints in there so it's just like getting everybody on page and like thinking the same thing or even just like settling on something that at least makes both parties happy that that i would say that it's probably the biggest uh yeah because we're all we're it's six very strong personnel all and sometimes all six of us are just but it, it's it's about finding that middle ground with each other and we all love each other we've all like i was saying earlier we were all friends before well not all of us but we all knew each other before yeah. we even started to do this group all these guys have known each other since they were like seven years old yeah so like it's been a long time and and so we can it's it's hard to separate the friendship and the business side of it but i think we do a pretty good job you get in arguments like all like fucking, in the world, right? Yeah. yeah. Or sorry for cussing, but like how all <laughs> families would do, you know, it's we're like brothers pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I, I think so to kind of like parallel that with like the business world, I think one of one of the so I've worked for a couple of different companies, but one of the companies that I work for, um, they made it very clear that, hey, we're going to disagree. We're going to get in a room and we're going to hash things out. But we also know that like we're doing it with no like ill will or ill intention, right? We're doing it to better ourselves, to better the company, to move things forward. Um, and as long as everybody can go, okay, the minute we walk out of this room, whatever we said in that room, whatever we talked about, whatever we hashed out stays in that room. Like we leave that room knowing like, cool, I may not have gotten what I wanted out of that, you know, or maybe I gave a little bit more than I thought I was going to have to give. But I'm okay with that, right? I know that it's for everybody's best interest. Nobody's mad, and everybody leaves like, "Cool, we're we're still friends," right? Because um, you're right. I mean, in a band, certainly everyone's got a personality. I mean, I think most musicians have that, you know, side of their brain where they've got the creative side, they've got thoughts, opinions, and they have a personality. Um, so you get six of you in a room. That's going to be tough. So when you do all six disagree, how do you settle? Fist fighting. Great. <laughs> no, I'm joking. We usually we we try to talk it out and like yeah. you know see your side, see his side. We all see our try to see our sides and kind of try to find middle ground. I like that. Yeah, and and it's it's sometimes it has to go to a majority rules type situation yep. where 
you know, four guys want one thing, two guys want another thing. Like, it's got to go with four guys. But, you know, you just have to, you have to be able to live with being wrong sometimes. Like, that's something that I've had to deal with. I know probably the other guys too, but I just had to be like, sometimes I'm, sometimes it's, I'm not right. It's not right to just go, my, whatever I'm saying is right. And it's the only thing, like, I have to be more accepting that everybody else is going to have their own opinions and it's probably going to be different than yours more than yeah. likely. Uh, Matthew, your dad is absolutely correct in investing in you guys, because I can go ahead and tell you that the things that you guys are saying and talking about is the stuff you learn after you go to school. It's, I mean, yes, you get in class projects with people and this and that, the other, but it's like the things that you guys are really seriously talking about are the things that I learned in working in business, you know, doing business with people, um, you know, working at companies. And I think you guys are getting that through this band. You're learning what it takes, right? Whether, whether your dad intended for this or not, but you're getting an education in a different way. Right. And I think, yeah. you know, whatever happens, you know, with this band, I mean, I hope in five years we sit down again and go, cool. Like, now you guys have, you know, chart topping songs and on the radio and mainstream, if that's what you want to do. Um, right. But I think what I believe he's instilling in you guys is just the values of what it takes to do something like this. And honestly, it's interesting. I've got two kids and I've got another buddy that's got three or four kids. And we were talking about, is college even going to be worth it? My kids are five and three. I don't know. Right. I think college in 15, 20 years, it really like for me, I mean, I've got a marketing degree and it really did say, cool. He went and did this and he's got this piece of paper that says he can go do this. Um, but I don't know, like if it'll in 20 years, if, if that'll be the same. So I think your dad is spot on with, all right, guys, I'm going to invest in you guys and give you this experience to where you go learn how to do some of this stuff that you're probably not going to go learn going to a university. Um, so kudos to you guys for, for figuring some of this stuff out at such a young age where most people, again, I'm 39 and still trying to figure some of this stuff out. Um, okay. One, one or two final questions. Cause I know we've got uh, a hard stop here for some, we all got to get back to work. Some of us, you know, and, and Dave's been working the whole time um, <laughs> while he's been doing this, which is phenomenal. What, um, and this could be a round robin. You guys can all answer this. What's been your favorite, uh, moment or experience so far doing the band? Logan, why don't you start? You know, there's lots of highlights. Um, I'd say lit opening for lit never clear was really cool. Um, yeah. you know, just hanging backstage with the lit guys. They're super cool. Everclear was pretty cool. Um, so that was a super cool experience, you know, playing in front of a central Illinois crowd, you know, where we were born and raised, um, and playing a big stage like that. Um, you know, touring with head PE, that was cool. You got the taste of what it's going to be like, um, living on the road, lots of ups and downs, but I'd say that's also probably another highlight of mine. Um, also recording, you know, getting a finished yeah. product back, having an end result or you know, something that we're proud of that, you know, no matter what happens 30 years from now, I'll pull a CD out and I'll be like, we did that. You know what I mean? So that, those are my highlights, um, thus far. 
many more to be made. Many more to come. There you go. Cooper? Um, I would say mine, like, probably the writing aspect of it, because, like, I didn't pick up a guitar until my eighth grade year, and then, like, never wrote anything until I was in the band, and then, like, like you mentioned You Can Take It, that was, that started off as, like, my riff, and then, like, a chords I came up with, and, like, just figuring out how it all comes together, and then having other people's inputs on songs, and, like, and for me, I love studying theory, music theory, and just seeing all these other elements of like, let's say I'll have a reggae beat, toss that in there too. And I just love seeing how a song will grow up and see how it'll form and the finished product. Yeah. I'm going to keep just going down the line of who I see, Lucas. Um, I would say like when we first heard our songs like fully done, like this this last round, I feel like that was like the pinnacle of like everything like we've worked for and stuff. Cause I finally, like we heard that and I was like, these are so much better than the first time. And like, we really did this in like a week. Like we literally knocked out like everything we needed to do in like a week. So I was like super proud of us for that. Matthew. So just, uh, how it is for me is definitely that I get to do this with my friends and I get to hang out with my friends for work and do what I love, like playing music, like, um, definitely like practice is, is like also just fun and we get to write stuff and writing stuff is fun. And like, like, even if like a couple of these guys weren't, my friends before the band, I, I made friends through the band and, you know, it's just good that like a big highlight is that work is also fun. And, you know, cause not a lot of people like their job, you know? They no. <laughs> yep. Yep. I'll let Ty go. Well, yeah. Well, my, my highlight, um, the, the head PE tour was really awesome. Those guys were super cool. They were super nice to us, and it was it was a great experience. And having to play a show every night, and you're like every night you're doing it, like no matter what. Matthew, he he got injured, and he had to go home. He still went on. My knee still hurts from that. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Lucas Lucas stepped up and played drums, and had the East drummer got to play with us a little bit. That was definitely and just just persevering through that. That was huge for me, for us. It was like, wow, these we can really do, like, we can do it. Like, we can do anything if we can get through that, is what it felt like. But uh, along also with what Cooper said, seeing a song go from, oh, this idea I have, and it's pretty much nothing right now, to a fully fleshed out song with, like, a great production and good mixing, like, that has been like one of the most rewarding gifts out of everything that we've done. Is and, and it's and it comes from our brains all coming together and making something cohesive. And like that has been just so it's been really strange. Like, is this really happening or is this like a dream? Like it's yeah. that, that's been definitely a highlight. And one of the biggest blessings is like just being able to like say you have something. Yeah, I think there's a there's a whole different feeling when you play your own music versus playing somebody else's music. 
Mm -hmm. Right. And you look out there and you see people singing along to something that you wrote, you created, you recorded and you put out there. And just the satisfaction of looking out there and somebody's just mouthing the words or even just dancing to it and getting down. It's like, man, this is awesome. Right. So this is where the audio really uh, drops out because Dave's uh, phone dies, I believe. Uh, But I also asked Dave what his favorite uh, memory was, and he also mentioned the head PE tour. Um, but that tour actually came with a challenge. And the story uh, that I know of that they're talking about is that Matthew uh, got injured while dancing in a mosh pit uh, to uh, one of the songs by Head PE, and they had to then quickly adapt. Um, so here we come back in with uh, their version of the story to where they had to overcome. Uh, an unforeseen challenge, but still pulled it off. No, I dislocated my left knee. It like flipped over and turned to the left, and my leg was like kind of bent the wrong way. Yeah. I like, yeah, I was moshing like during head PE, and somebody spilled beer on the floor, and I guess I slipped on it, and I was jumping, so I landed down, and I was like, uh, and then basically then my leg flipped over and <laughs> I was on the ground like, oh, uh, I can't bend my knee. Like, um, Which, was it your high hat or bass drum knee? My, my high hat knee. So not, not too bad. It could have been, yeah, yeah, yeah. it could have been worse. So I had to play insane. a couple shows with a knee brace after that. And, uh, but you actually had to go home, right? So the, the drummer yeah. for NPE filled in, right? Yeah, he filled in for uh, some songs, and Lucas actually did um, some other songs. Uh, Lucas, why don't you talk about that? How was it filling in for me? You're muted, Lucas. Ha ha. Yeah, that was, uh, <laughs> that was pretty crazy, though. Um, it all happened, and, uh, and I was just like sitting there like, man, we're going to have to go home from the tour and stuff. And then we like started talking and like, we're like, you, you, I could just like, I could maybe play drums and sing. And so I was like, we should just try it for at least a gig and see if like, if it doesn't go very well, we can like pack up our things and like head home. And at least we tried to keep it going. Yeah. And we, and we played that first gig and it was, it was pretty awesome. I, everything went pretty well. Like nothing went too bad. So we were like, Let's keep it going. And every night, I feel like it got a little bit better. I got a little more comfortable. But it was pretty nerve-wracking uh, not being in, like, the front of everybody, having to be back there doing two things at once. Yeah, yeah a little bit different pre drummers, huh? Yeah. <laughs> and Lucas, Lucas, although he's played drums for his whole life, it had been a while since he had even picked up sticks since then. And when he picked up sticks before that, it was like playing church games at his parents' church. So it's, it's not like he was playing like our yeah. kind of funkier songs, especially like the way Matthew writes his drum parts. It's like really weird. But <laughs> he stepped up and even the guys in Head PE were like, there's no like significant difference in like what was happening with Matthew and what's happening with Lucas. Lucas was holding it down. And we totally went off on a whim with it. We, I, I thought it was going to fail. I was like, first day, we're going to try it, but it's probably going to crash and burn. Because yep. we had no practice with this, but it didn't. It all worked out by, by the grace of God. <laughs> well, good thing Lucas uh, grew up playing in church. He had some good graces on his side, right? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. The Lord was on his side. 
All right, final final one for you guys. Um, and this is your chance to kind of, you can also, you know, plug where people can find you online, follow you, all that good stuff. Um, but aside from that, where where do you guys want to take this? I mean, are you guys all on the same page? And sorry to, to end on that question, but I mean, is this it? Is this where you got, like, I mean, everybody's in, you want to do it full time, you want to do it for a career? Like, if I'm talking, I don't want to ask you where you see yourself in five years, but I'm going to ask you, where do you see yourself in five years? Touring. Touring and putting music out and being creative. That's all I want to do. That's all I have created. I started college, but I dropped out because I was like, well, this is what I want. Yeah. And ever since then, it's been kind of growing. But yeah, hopefully you have a little bit more money in five years. What about the other guys? more music yeah <laughs> yeah i think i just can't wait to like tour more and like i really want to like try to get to like other continents with our music and stuff i think that'll be really cool like i want to get to like i've never been on a plane before so like i'm like at some point i'm hoping to like that our music will take us to a point where we are flying places to go play for people so yeah I, think I feel that's like you've what... taken a photo outside of a plane, right? But you've never you've never flown in a plane. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we didn't Exposed. go. We could afford to park it, but not to bring it from this. <laughs> yeah. So they, on, on your website, there's a jet, and they're all like kind of getting on the jet or outside of the jet. That's what I'm referring to. Um, all right, where can where can everybody find you guys? Like online? How do they follow you? Look you up? We got the Instagram. We got the Instagram at Six Unchained. Um, we got YouTube. You can find us at Unchained. We got a couple music videos out. More coming. We have three more that are unreleased um, that'll be coming in the spring. Um, Facebook Unchained Rocks with the Z, and TikTok is Official Unchained. And you can also find us online at UnchainedRocks.com. Rocks is with a Z. Awesome. And I've seen uh, one of the videos that it's coming out. Um, it's phenomenal. It's Which the one in the see? car. I won't, I won't oh, spill it too much, but yes, that one's amazing. Um, guys, thank you. I wish you all the best of luck uh, in going forward. I hope that you do swing through North Carolina one day. Please let me know uh, when you come through. I will be front row center at a show. Um, yeah, you guys are awesome and can't wait to see what you guys do. Thank you so much for Thank coming you, on Will. today. And you said it's incredibly tough to get all six of you guys uh, in a room, even to practice. So I am honored that you just gave me 50 minutes of your time. Um, and we had like 95% of you here. Uh, we'll, we'll count Dave in and out here and there. Um, <laughs> but I applaud him for still, again, delivering packages and doing a podcast at the same time. It's, it's pretty cool. Um, all right, gentlemen, thank you guys so much. And hopefully I will see you on a stage somewhere soon. Sounds yes, good. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you so much. Appreciate it, man.